I say to you this morning, church, as he was, so are we in this earth. As he was, so are we in this earth. Look at John chapter 14, verse 12 with me. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to say it out loud, do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things. What did John Master Giovanni just tell us by video? You are the prophetic. You are the answer. You are the reason. Look at this one. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. Just as the Father has sent me forth, so I am sending you. I know normally we've given you instruction to always have the camera on me and not to go to the scriptures because we'll put them in afterwards in post-production. But now that we're using this little device, I want you to always go over to it and uh, I will stand next to it for that purpose. Get a shot of that. Now, look at this one. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God was made visible was to undo, destroy, loosen, dissolve the works of the devil. Could you say something this morning? Devil, devil. you're not all that. <laughs> My goodness, let's get rid of the testimonies that goes something like this. Boy, the devil's been after me. Boy, if you only knew how hard the devil's been making it on me. Oh, shut up. <laughs> devil's not been after you. He's not making it hard on you. That's my own ignorance. I make it hard on myself by my ignorance of Scripture like this. Devil was defeated. Jesus undid his works hallelujah you are the reason somebody should be meeting Jesus this next week look at this one second Corinthians chapter 5 but all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself it means he received us into favor brought us into harmony with himself <laughs> man most Christians that I talk to have God mad at the world, mad at sinners, upset, just ready to fry people, burn them up, send a tornado, send a flood, wipe them out, destroy their living. God did it. Somehow God was in charge of that. God did it for his glory. Really, when the Bible says he received us into his favor, he brought us into harmony with him. So God's not mad at you. Through Jesus, he reconciled you to himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. That's our role. That's our mission. To bring others into harmony with him. My goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Here's verse 19 of that. It was God 
personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring. Tell you what, wherever you see words in yellow, read them out loud, real loud now. I want to hear it, all right? Let's start over. It was God, personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. Notice, your reconciliation to God looks like this. You're now in His good favor. He's not against you. He's not mad at you. He's not sending stuff to wipe out your living to destroy your career, to take your kids, to make you sick. Thank you, Father. We need to get a right message here. No wonder the good news hasn't been good for so many who hear it and they run from it and don't like to go to church. So, we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. We, as Christ's personal representatives, beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered to you. Wow. Thank you, Father. Now, it's with that I want you to turn to our text. That wasn't my text even. That's just, that's just good stuff. All right, let's look at it. Luke chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 14. Luke chapter 4, this is from the New Living Translation. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, starting in verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues, and he was praised by everyone. Please take note. He went to their synagogues, and he was praised by everyone. Everybody liked him. They were all over it. Now, at this point of our text, Jesus has just spent about a year in ministry, which makes him approximately 31 years of age. He's been making his way around to the local church's teaching. And they're so enamored with him that word is spreading. And he's doing miracles and word is spreading. They're excited about this guy. Verse 16. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home. Everybody say boyhood home. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll and he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and he sat down. All of the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Look up here. Have any of you ever heard something that just caused you to go? Huh? Could you do that with me? 
I remember doing that recently. I forget what it was over, but it, it, do you remember what that was? We both did. It was like O, OMG, right? Now, for religious people, that's oh my gosh, right? We don't say oh my God because that would be irrelevant. Or I mean, excuse me, ir- irreverent. That's what was going on in the sanctuary here for this local church in his hometown. He was a homie. Jesus was a homie. Any of you homies in here? Anybody? Can I see the hand of any homies? <laughs> this is my resident homie over on the corner back here. He goes by Lito. His name's Manuel. Manuelito. So he shortened it. His homie name is Lito. So all of you, before you leave the building today, I just want you to go up to Manuel and say, Hey, what's up, Lito? He's my homie. So Jesus goes into the church where he's a homie. And he reads the scripture passage that, that we just read. And he hands it back to the attendant, hands the scroll. I mean, so, so, I mean this were literally, they didn't have Bibles, right, like this. It wasn't leather bound or anything. It was on parchment paper rolled up. So they hand him this scroll and he has to unroll it and find the place in the book of Isaiah. And he reads from it. And he gets done. He hands it back to the attendants and everybody in the synagogue go. Yeah. And look what happens. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him. Hmm. And was amazed by his gracious words. Hmm. You ever had a time in your life where everybody spoke well of you? Everybody went, You're amazing. You know what I do when somebody comes up to me after a church service and says, Pastor, you're amazing. I get ready for him to leave the church. <laughs> no, it never fails. Don't do that. Don't freak me out. Don't, don't come up to me and say that, all right? It's, it's happened every time. I mean, they just fawn over you, you know, and oh, I've never heard a word like this. And <laughs> Give it about six weeks, they're gone. Everyone spoke well of him, and they were amazed at his gracious words. How can this be? Watch this. Isn't this Joseph's son? This is the carpenter that was working outside there in his dad's yard, building things. He and his dad had a business. Isn't that him? Past 30 years, wasn't really anything special. He just made good furniture. You know, we could count on it. You know, if we went and bought something from his dad's business, we knew it was good. But look at him now. Let me see you do that again. (laughs) Some Some of you don't know what to do with me. 
Now, here's, here's where he gets into trouble. You know, sometimes if Jesus would just keep his mouth shut, he'd, he'd have a better day. <laughs> so would you. If you just keep your mouth shut, sometimes you'd have a much better day. Verse 23, then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, there's no prophet accepted in his own hometown. Certainly, there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the heavens were closed for three and a half years and there was severe famine devastating the land and yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. Pause, let me tell you what he's saying. They all knew the story. It had been recorded in the Old Testament and it was one of the most famous stories. It was read and reread for the Jewish ear. They all knew it well. How that there was a great severe famine for three and a half years that the prophet called to happen. God gave him a word and he prophesied that it would happen. And it hit the land and it was devastating. And there were widows and families dying. There were children dying and widows unable to feed their children because it was so severe. And God sends the prophet to a Gentile. Not even of the house of faith or covenant. And you read about it in 1 Kings 17 how that God supernaturally provides for this little woman. She's out collecting firewood one day and up walks the prophet and says, could you give me a glass of water? And she goes, turns around and goes to retrieve a glass of water for the prophet. And the scripture says that while she was headed away from him, walking away from him, he said, oh, and by the way, bring me a piece of bread that I might have some lunch. Make me a sandwich. (laughs) And she whips around in surprise. Everybody go. Now that's what she says. Are you oblivious? Are you not aware of the devastating, severe famine that's been going on? I was out here gathering firewood so that I could go home, build a fire, and make our last lunch, and then we were going to lay down, me and my son, I'm a single, single mother, and die. That's what the scripture says. But then the Holy Ghost got a hold of her. I want the Holy Ghost to get a hold of some of us. I want the Holy Ghost to get a hold of you this morning. You might be in the midst of the most severe circumstances that you have ever experienced in your life or career. God's got a word for you this morning. God's got your back. He's sending a prophet to prophesy to you. Make me a sandwich. I mean when it looks like you have nothing else to give, God is saying, go ahead and give in that offering. Go ahead and go over to that person's house and pray for them. Go ahead and have that individual over to the house and give them a meal. Go ahead and insert yourself in in, in that individual's life and bless them. Take them to lunch. Be good to them. Help them out. God, don't you understand my circumstances right now? I don't even have gas to get to work tomorrow. 
And you're telling me to take somebody to lunch after church today? <laughs> yeah. So she, convicted by the Holy Spirit, she spins back around, she says, but nevertheless, at your word, at your word, your word is higher than my circumstances. God's word is higher. God's word is more powerful than your circumstances. When God says it, you can rely on it. When God says it, it will change supernaturally your circumstances. When God says it, it will turn your circumstances around. She says, nevertheless, I'll go ahead and do what you said to do. Long story short, you can read it for yourselves there in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1, Corinthians 1 Kings chapter 17. She goes, she gets him a, a, a whole meal, brings it back to him. He eats, and while they're eating, she goes ahead and makes her a sandwich and her son a sandwich, and the, the bread and the food just keeps multiplying. And it said that they ate continuously every day for the next several days, and it never ran out. <laughs> she just kept making food. When it was going to be her last meal, how many of you are on your last meal? How many of your own th in your own thinking, your own thoughts, in your own provision, your own way of coming up with an answer are on your last meal? I'm telling you, God has provision beyond you. God has provision beyond your job. God has provision beyond your checkbook. God has provision beyond what you can imagine. And you know what? He's always going to come and give you a word to give when you're in the midst of your most severe drought. The way out of drought is to give. You give your way out of drought. You give your way out of difficulty. You always give your way out of circumstances that are bearing down on you. Jesus here is referring to that incident. And he says, look... There were, lots of different, there were lots of needy widows in the land at that time. And yet, God did not send the prophet to any of them. They were covenant. They had a right to the promise. He sent it to a little Gentile woman, heathen, outside of the blessing. Why? Because he knew she would trust the word of God. God sent the prophet to the woman because he knew she didn't have anything else left but to trust God. Sometimes you've got to get to the end of yourself. Sometimes you've got to get to the end of your own provision and your own ideas. Sometimes you've got to get to the end of your own way. <clears throat> That's where God will meet you. Now, watch this. He gives them another illustration. Yet, Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha. But the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. You know what the equivalent of that is? Man, Lord... Don't you see my circumstances here? Can't you see the difficult time I'm having here? And yet you would go over there to that person? 
They don't even go to church regularly. <laughs> they don't even love you. They have sin in their life. I know. I know the kind of things they have in their life. And you would go over there to them and bless them and give them a promise and heal them of their leprosy. Have you ever been jealous? Oh, stop it right now. God's going to get you for lying. Everyone. Have you ever experienced jealousy where you looked at somebody getting something that you should have had and you can just feel your, you know, you can feel your skin turning colors. You can feel it, there's something that just kind of shoots into your bloodstream, you know, out of your heart. And it starts going through your blood and you start getting all these feelings and imaginations. Oh, how dare they? I'm far more worthy. I'm far more important. Doesn't God see how hard I've been working for him? Doesn't God see how many hours I've spent down there at that church? Oh, and it just, it just starts running, you know, the jealousy, you see. Oh, that's what he was doing here. He's telling them how God blesses outside of covenant. God blesses outside of expectation. God blesses outside of how you were raised. God blesses outside. It's called Grace. It's called grace. You don't deserve it. Nothing you've ever done. <laughs> it's not about my worthiness. It's about Jesus and what he did for us when he hung on that cross, died, went into the grave, and then rose again on the third day. Watch what happens here to him. When they heard this, look at it. The people in the synagogue were furious. Now, wait a minute. I thought they were just going like, he's amazing. One, one translation says, his words were so eloquent, they were enamored with him. Be careful when you have, every, if everybody in your life is just enamored with you and thinks you're the cat's meow, be careful. You're getting set up for a fall. You should always have about half of the people praising and following you and about half of the people talking bad about you and chasing you, <laughs> trying to run you down. That's a, that's a good balance. When they heard this, the people of the synagogue were furious, jumping up. They mobbed him, forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built, and they intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd, and he went on his way. You think you've been having a bad day? Dear Lord, 
Everybody that was, you're amazing. You're incredible. Oh, you can preach. Wow, the way you just craft your words, they're gorgeous. You are amazing. Man, you want to go to the movie? You want to come over for dinner? You want to... But after he says three things, just three things, you're going to say to me, physician, heal yourself. Why don't you do your miracles here, homeboy, in your hometown like you've been doing them out at all those other churches, all right? Number two. And number three, he gives them two illustrations where God totally turns all of their judgmental, critical, law-ridden moral code upside down on its head and says, none of that matters. I'm going to bless and heal those who will trust me to provide for them when they're in the midst of their most severe famine. Wow. Come on, Jesus. You know, your natural birth is not your destiny. The circumstances of your natural birth will always reject your prophetic future. You can't build off of how you were born. You can't build off of who your parents were. You're worth so much more. You're so much more powerful than how you were born. The greatest rejection of God's plan and destiny for your future will often come from the family and the friends of your natural birth. They grabbed him, the carpenter's son, ran him out of town, took him out of the church, lifted him. Had several guys like you, Jim, Several guys just grabbed him by their arms and hauled him out of the church service and went over to the brow of the hill to throw him off the cliff. Family, friends, your greatest, your destiny is almost never welcomed by your past, which is why you must keep your eyes focused on the unseen and not the seen. What are you looking at? No, I don't mean like sarcastically. What are you looking at? I mean, what are you looking at? What have you been focusing on? See, what you're focused on will determine your destiny. If you're focused on your natural birth and all the things that just you didn't get, you know, you didn't have the best, you, you didn't have good parents, you know, nobody taught you these things, you were mistreated, maybe you were abused... That abuse does not define your future. There's a lot of stuff going on in the public arena now and a lot of things being said. There's a lot of movements going on right now. And I'm not against any of that that's lifting women up and exposing the wrong that has been done. But I have a message for anybody that's ever been caught in that sort of abuse. It does not define you. Jesus does. Your life in Christ does. 
your new birth defines you. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. So, look back at verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will go free, and that the time for the Lord's favor has come. Read it out loud, the parts that are in yellow there. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Here it is from the Weiss translation. The Lord's spirit is upon me because he has anointed me to announce good news to the poor. He has sent me on a mission to proclaim release to those who were held captive and recovery of sight to those who are blind, to send away and release those who are broken. I, I love this. Look, poor, captive, blind, broken. What a congregation. What a church. Come on, Lord, build it. Blind, broken, captive, in bondage, Poor, and everybody says, Hallelujah! <laughs> I'm in the midst of friends. But he doesn't leave you there. He's come to release you. The good news is that he releases us, he heals us, he doesn't leave us where we were, he brings us into covenant. I love this last part of verse 18 from the Weiss translation. To herald forth that epochal period of time which the Lord has chosen and in which he takes, read it aloud, real loud please, in which he takes pleasure. Once more, in which he takes God is not mad at you. We are living in a time ever since the coming of Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. It's an epochal transition from judgment and obedience living and moral code to freedom and life and God's favor. Could you look at somebody and say, you're in the favor of God. Now look at somebody else and say, he's crazy about you. <laughs> Come on, just tell somebody else. He's crazy about you. <laughs> now watch this. Let's put that uh, Let's put this verse back up here. You remember we read Paul's words from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that you are now an ambassador. You've been given a ministry. 
What's it called? What's the name of your ministry? You can put it on a business card. Some of you this week need to go order business cards. Print Speedy or print, I don't know, what's it called? Sir Speedy? Sir Speedy or Fast Signs, I don't know. Whoever's doing quick business cards, quick print. Or go down to them and say, I want a new business card. I want my name on it. I want Luke 418 on it. And then I want the name of the business to say, the Ministry of Reconciliation, Jeff Corson. <clears throat> now, President and CEO, Jesus Christ. Manager, <laughs> Jeff Corson. Steward, steward, down small print, steward, Jeff Corson. President, CEO, Jesus, the Ministry of Reconciliation. I've just given you your prayer ministry. You know how you pray for people from now on? Yeah. Mm. There's been some captivity going on there, huh? Some brokenness. I just release you in the name of Jesus. I just release you, brother, in Jesus' name. You're going to call a sinner a brother? Yeah. God sees him as a brother. Somebody sharing with you brokenness, calamity, they're captive, they're blind, circumstances, whatever it is. In the name of Jesus, sweetheart, I just release you from that right now. In the name of Jesus, go free. I just, in his name, open those eyes so you can see your future. I release you right now. How easy is that? How easy is that? You just, you've got to change the way you think. Because it's a completely wet, different way of evangelizing from what we were taught. That we've got to lead them through the four spiritual laws. They need to confess their sin. They need to commit to be water baptized and change their behavior. Oh, and you've got to get them signed up to come into church. And then we want to see some of that fruit before we'll really... Uh, begin to consider him a friend of Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus already sees him as a friend. There he went, even in the old covenant, before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, God was sending prophetic words, healing and blessing of provision to people who were outside the covenant and lost as a goose. How was he able to do that? Uh, based on what authority did God do that? Paul wrote it in Ephesians. Jesus, a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God did it by faith. <laughs> God did it by faith. I don't know about you, this all makes me happy. Can I just tell you something this morning? You need to walk through it. Just stop it. You haven't had a day, week, month, or year nearly as difficult as what we just read about Jesus. They hauled him out of church. Took him to the cliff of the hill, the hill cliff, the and wanted to throw him off. I dare you to take your worst day and measure it against that. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You know what God's saying to us? Come on. Stand up. Put your shoulders back. Wash your face. Put on some clothes. Get out of bed. Stop focusing on your circumstances. And make a decision. You're just going to walk through it. Amen. You're going to pass through it. Yep. I'm, it's not my time. I'm not going off this hill. I'm just going to turn around here and walk through it. Jesus just supernaturally walks right out of the crowd. <laughs> Sometimes you're in the midst of stuff. I mean, it stinks. It's bad. Now, you can sit and wallow in it, or you can say, Jesus, <laughs> here we go. I'm just going to walk through it. Everybody say, walk through it. Walk through Come on, walk through it. I'm going to walk through it. I'm not going to stay there. I consider the attack against myself as, and against the message. That's what it was. It was an attack against the message for this week. First, I had to get a message regarding our class that I did yesterday on Saturday. Here I, and at first, actually earlier in the week, I needed to get a message out regarding the class, some information. And I was up till 1.30 in the morning because of technical difficulties on my computer. Then I finally just said, enough, and I went to bed with no answer. And when I woke up in the morning, after about three and a half hours of sleep, I'm laying there in bed, and all of a sudden a thought shoots through my mind. <laughs> and I go and I try it, and it works. Answer. Fixed it. Bam. Just a thought. Boosh. The provision of the Lord. Walk through it. You now just spent a day trying to handle this issue. There. How's that? Wasn't that easier? <laughs> then I'm going into the weekend knowing that I have class on Saturday and a cold starts coming on. How many of you have had a cold this season of cold and flu? Yeah. So that starts coming on. I start attacking it with everything I have. You know, I'm, I'm quoting scripture and I'm believing God. And Nina calls our, our resident witch doctor over here and she, <laughs> <laughs> she gives us some of this elixir. If you ever have a chance to taste this stuff. Now listen to me. Is this still being recorded? Okay. So there's some stuff you can buy. In, in the store, if you go down here to like Whole Foods or, or a vitamin cottage or whatever, listen to me now. This is the name of it. I'm not cover the ears. It's called Kick-Ass Immune. Any, anybody ever? Oh, man, that stuff tastes so bad. It tastes like... Now, she's got some Kick-Ass Immune that doesn't taste as bad. So we... I mean, it's bad, but... So we got a jar of that. Garcia's, you know what I'm talking about. You, you've been trying some of that. And, and so I got a jar of that, and I'm doing that. And she gave us some other, I don't know, <laughs> capsules that's supposed to, it's a whole package of stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm doing that because I need to get healed, you know. <laughs> I'll either give God glory for doing it supernaturally or give God for kicking my ass, one of the two, but it's going to get done because I got a Saturday class to teach, all right? We don't have time to mess around. And I'll tell you, Nina said, alluded to it, 
This experience yesterday morning in this class for two hours, that's why I, you've got to be here Wednesday. You've got to come to this class on Wednesday. It was one of the best classes in anointed teachings on how to love strangers and removing the obstacles so that our church can begin to minister to people and love people well that I have ever taught. Then I have to prepare and finish for today. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord came on me and began to just unload and download. And oh, by the way, I got up this morning and all the symptoms were gone. I didn't have any headache. I didn't have any runny nose. I didn't have any sore throat. My mind was clear. Uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. Mm, mm. Yes, let's go. Come on. Just pass through it. Come on and just walk through it. Just walk through whatever's going on in your life. You don't have to stay there. I know it might look bad. Boy, it looked bad when they were dangling Jesus. They were getting ready to tie. And he just decided, you know, I'm not done here. And he walks through it. I don't know how. I don't know what just happened. But sometimes you can't explain what God's going to do. i got to stop. Stop. 